Welcome to C3 San Diego. Need something fresh, real, and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get live stream service notifications, podcasts, and up-to-date information on upcoming events. We are so glad you're joining us for a powerful, life-transforming message from one of our C3 San Diego pastors. We would love to hear about how God is impacting your life through this ministry. Please share your experience with us at info at c3sandiego.com. If you'd like to be a part of what C3 Church is doing in the city of San Diego and beyond, you can contribute financially by going to c3give.com and choosing the giving option that works best for you. We hope you enjoy this message. Man, so good to be. You know, have you ever found out that life just goes better when you put God first place? I don't know about you, but I, I found that. You know, that's what the scripture says. When you are planted in the house of the Lord, that your life will flourish. You know, that's what you're doing today. You're planting yourself here in God's house. You're getting planted in the house. And so when you go out these doors uh, this week, after, after tonight, you can go out these doors and say, Father, I thank you this week. My life's going to flourish. My health is going to flourish. My finances are going to flourish. And you can begin to declare that because you planted yourself in God's house. I know that's one thing that my family has found, that planting ourselves in the house of God. And by the way, my wife and son send their uh, greetings. They were, they've been, last couple of times they've been with me. And uh, yeah, there they are. That's my wife. She's the one on the right. And, uh, and that's my little boy, the one on the left, Solomon. It's funny, we, we uh, just uh, 20 years been married 20 years, and uh, those testimonies we saw earlier on the video of people that were believing for babies and had babies, and that's kind of what we did with Solomon. Uh, nine years we were believing for a child, and uh, believing and, and, and practicing and stuff, and, and uh, nine years, and, and uh, finally, uh, Christine went to, went to the doctor, and when she went to the doctor just to, for her checkup, they said, did you know you're pregnant? She, she didn't know. We were, man, we were ecstatic. Our promise, that which God had promised us that we would flourish, it, it had come to pass. We were so excited, and things were going well. She went back for a checkup, and, and when she went back, they told her that the baby was in her, her tube, her fallopian tube, and they were going to have to do surgery and remove him. And, and, and uh, you know, it was like, well, shoot, we just... Our promise, where's our, what's up with our promise? And, and, and we just stood by what we knew God said. God had promised us and just stood in faith. See, we were around some people like this. You know, faith is, faith is contagious. Faith is contagious. And when you get around a bunch of other people that are full of faith, you never know what you'll catch. you catch a healing. You'll catch, who knows what you catch some joy, catch some. And, and, so, and so finally, we just believed God. They went in. We went in for the surgery, and they checked, and, and, and uh, Solomon had, had moved right where he was supposed to be. Everything was fine, and he went on to, uh, you know, full-term, beautiful, perfect uh, pregnancy. Everything went great, and here he is today, 11 years old. And uh, so it's just faith, God's faithfulness. And um, the, the, only thing, uh, the only thing he ended up, he was, he was born C-section. That's the only thing that was different than, you know, I mean, you can't even tell from the pictures or anything, but uh, uh, he looks totally fine in those, but um, like the only way you can even tell he was born C-section is when he leaves the house, he goes through the window, but other than that, other than that, he's totally, he's totally fine, so um, anyway, uh, man, how many are, how many love your church, how many love your church? 
Man, Vision Builder Sunday. I just love, man, all weekend watching these videos and seeing what God's done here in our pastor's vision. How many are thankful for some pastors who have incredible vision? I'm telling you, I travel all over the world, and you guys have two of the very best right here. And I mean, I, people that are just, their faith and expectation is just incredible, and I'm just honored to call them friends, and, and I know you're honored to call them your pastors, and uh, they're just, and, and here's the thing, they want you to be better, they want your families to be better, they want God's house to be better, and I, I love that, and God just blesses that, and that's why we're seeing God's blessing on our church, uh, South Bay Campus coming open, the North Campus exploding, and that's why we're seeing that, because we have some leaders that are just full of faith, and so uh, this church is just amazing, and I, and I found this, whenever you go somewhere special, you should always take a gift, and so I brought you a gift, I, I wrote, and this isn't for everybody, it's only for people who love their church, but... Um, when you get planted in the house of God, the Bible says your life flourishes. So how do you get planted? You show up. That's one thing. Some of these are easy. So I wrote this book called Planted. And there's just seven things you can do to plant yourself in God's house. And so I'm going to give it to you. It's my free gift. If you just text that word, text the word planted to this number, 25827. And I'm going to just give you the book. But it's seven things you can do to plant yourself here at C3, plant yourself here in God's house. And, and like, like pray for your pastors and their family. See, some of these are real easy, you know. Uh, um, find a place to serve. Man, over the north, our serve class was just packed today and, uh, and just exploding. So find a place you can plug yourself in. Be faithful in your giving. We'll have an opportunity to do that in just a little bit. Some of these are so simple, but, and, and, and people say, why are you giving it, the gift to us for free? Why are you giving us that book for free? And the main reason is because I was afraid you wouldn't buy it. And I want, and I want you to read it because I think it'll help our, our, I think it'll help our church grow. Plus... Uh, plus, in, you know, in, in this age, if you read a book, it just, you know, someone reading a book just seems like you're showing off a little bit. Uh, anyway, so just go ahead and show off a little bit. Read a book. See what see what will happen. All right, let me get into this message just because of time today. I, I, I love being at C3, and so I wrote a message just for you guys, and I want to give you, I'm going to give you the three C's of generosity. The three C's of generosity. Did you get how I did that, C3, three C's? Pretty special, huh? Um, the three C's of generosity. One of my favorite scriptures is in the book of 2 Corinthians. In this scripture, Paul is describing the Macedonian church. And he's describing the spirit of generosity that was in that church. And, I, and as I read this, I thought, man, this really can describe the church of San Diego, C3 at San Diego. And this is how you could describe what God's doing in our church and through us. And you see it right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 1. I love, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Bible. Uh, I, I, I just like the Amplified Bible. I never used to read the Amplified Bible because I thought it was a girl Bible. But um, I did. I thought it was for girls because Joyce Meyer uses it all the time. So I figured it was for girls. And then I, I read it. I like it. it the, what the Amplified does, it adds a lot of extra words to describe stuff. Maybe it is a girl Bible right there. Right? A, lot of, a lot of extra words. So, uh, so anyway, here, here's, here's what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and uh, verse number 1. It says, now, brothers and sisters, we want to tell you about the grace of God. How many are thankful for God's grace? The grace of God, which has been evident in the churches of C3 San Diego. Listen to this, awakening in them a longing to contribute. 
I mean, when you see the vision of what God's doing, you hear Pastor talking about our 16 campuses and all this, it awakens in you a longing because of the grace that's on this house. And so it says in verse 2, for during an or ordeal of severe distress. How many have ever been through some distress? Yeah, John 16, 33, in the, in the world you will have trials and tribulation, distress, frustration. You're going to go through some things in life. But their abundance of joy and their depth of poverty together overflowed into a wealth of, lav of their lavish generosity. Say lavish generosity. That just sounds cool to say. Verse 3, for I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability... They gave voluntarily, begging us. Anybody begging? Like that by the end, you're going to be begging like, shut up, Dr. David. I just want to give. I just want to please. Begging us insistently for the privilege of participating in the service for the support of the saints in all of San Diego. For now, not only, verse 5, did they give materially as we had hoped, as we hope you do, but first they gave themselves to the Lord. Now, here's the thing. When you give yourself to the Lord, everything you've got is his. So it's easy to give because you've given yourself to him. So they gave themselves as, to us as representatives by the will of God. And I love this. Disregarding their personal interest and giving as much as they possibly could. Disregarding their personal interest. Shoot. But I, but I wanted to get that boat. I was so, I, I'll never forget, I've been saving up money for a car. Anybody ever saved up money for something? I'd saved up for this second car, and I had about $2,500 saved up. And, and I remember being in service, just enjoying the worship one Sunday, and everything's going great, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, you know the money you've been saving for your car? I'm like, turn that music up. Turn that music up. I tried to, I remember trying, that, trying to get back into it. My wife leaned over and says, God telling you anything? I said, I don't know. Is he telling you anything? She said, you know the car money? Shoot. I've been saving that for my personal interest. I had some things. God said, I want you to give it in the Vision Builder offering this Sunday. And uh, at, our, at our church, it's called Heart for the House. But uh, he said, I want you to put it in the, in the offering. And, uh, and, and, and so here's the thing. My personal interest, I disregarded it and gave as much as I possibly could. And God spoke to us that day and said, if you'll build my house, I'll build your house. And, and from that day, I mean, we just really, we, well, we see that. And, and here in the lives of those in the early church, the early Christians of Macedonia, giving, I found, should, be, uh, should move us personally and it should move us corporately. So I want to talk to you about the three, the, the, the three C's of giving today. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the, well, here, here's, what, here's what I got, three C's. Number one, first one, is giving should cause us to celebrate. You see these balloons over here and all that? It's because today's a celebration. It's not something like, oh, God, we got to give again. It's a vision Sunday. No, this is a day to celebrate. Cancel your vacation. Be here. Giving should cause us to celebrate. Number two, giving should, should be an action that is compelling. There's something that's compelling us to give. And then thirdly, giving should demonstrate our commitment. Three simple things. But number one, let's talk about celebration just for a minute. The first thing I found there is it's a celebration. And you can see that in verse 2. It says, for even in their ordeal distress, their abundant of joy, their abundant joy 
and their poverty together overflowed into a wealth of lavish generosity. So first thing in celebration, you see right there that they gave joyfully. They gave joyfully. It says, that, it says in 2 Corinthians 9, just one more chapter over, that God loves a cheerful giver. And then it goes on to say, and God is able to make all grace abound to you that having all sufficiency in everything that you may have an abundance for every good work. So God's grace would abound on you that you'd have enough. You'd be abundant. You'd be blessed so that you could give to every good. That means every time you have an opportunity. Like you wouldn't have to decide like, do I do this or do, would I give to that? Should I get the vision builders or should I get? No, the, every time you have an opportunity to give, you wouldn't have to go, should I, well, my tithe and offering. No, you got your tithe on over and above. You give your vision builder because every time you have an opportunity to give, you can give. I was recently in uh, New York City back at Christmas time. And, and uh, you know, at Christmas time, you got the Salvation Army people out. You know, the red buckets. You know, I'm talking about those red, those big red buckets. And, uh, and you see them everywhere, right? I mean, people dropping money in those buckets and I remember you, you know you go into Walmart you drop some money in then you you head over to the mall then there's someone else with a bucket and you're like I already gave at Walmart and I remember being there and everywhere I saw these buckets and I'd come out of sacks I think and I dropped some money in I went down the 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 avenue there a little bit and I saw another bucket and I thought I've already given and and then all of a sudden this scripture popped in my head that I would have abundance that I could give to every good work and God just began to convict me about that. He said, that's why I blessed you. And so I decided the rest of the day, every time I saw one of these buckets, I dropped something in just, as, just for practice, right? Just for practice that I could give to every good work that every time I had an opportunity. And believe me, they got a lot of those buckets in New York at Christmas time. I'm like, I'm going back to the hotel. There's too many buckets. But uh, I, every time I just wanted to practice, I'm giving to every every good work. Here, here's the thing. The grace of God is directly connected with giving, according to that scripture in 2 Corinthians. So what we fail to see, when, when we fail to see giving as a grace, it becomes a burden instead of a blessing. So we've got to understand that God, it's a grace in our life to be able to give and to have, to understand, we understand grace living, but how about grace giving? Grace giving. So there's a grace on our giving. Uh, the second thing I saw is they gave willingly. Said the Bible said in Macedonia, they gave on their of their own accord. They gave, they gave voluntarily. They weren't forced into giving. They didn't even wait to be asked. Like, think about it. Like, we don't have big ushers at the end of the row going. No, it's a it's a willing. And here, here, here's how they looked at it. We don't have to give in the vision builder offering. We get to give in the vision builder offering. We didn't have to come to the five o'clock service. We get to come to the five o'clock. We don't have to serve somewhere. We get to serve. It's a willing heart that they had on their own accord. They weren't drafted. They enlisted. They weren't forced to give. They weren't, well, I got to make excuses up trying to get out of this. Try. You know, people always, how, how many know someone who's always trying to, always has excuses for something? You know, always have a reason why they can't die. No, don't point at them. But uh, uh, reminds me of this guy got pulled over by the cops. And uh, cops had pulled him over and, and said, your car was swerving a little bit there. I'm going to need you to take a breathalyzer test. Guy said, oh, officer, I'm sorry, I can't take those. He said, what do you mean you can't take those? He said, I've got asthma, bad asthma. If I breathe in a breathalyzer, I may have an asthma attack. If I have an asthma attack, I'd die. If I died, it'd be your fault. 
The officer said, that's horrible. I don't want to be responsible for that. How about you just get in the car, we'll go down to the station, I'll get a little blood sample from you. The guy said, oh. He said, I can't do that. He said, why can't you do that? He said, I'm a hemophiliac. If you stick me, I start bleeding. I can't quit bleeding. I could bleed to death. I'd bleed to death and die at the station. It'd, it'd be all your fault. <laughs> officer said, okay, fine. Just step out of the car and walk down this white line right here. The guy said, oh. The officer said, why can't you do that? The guy said, because I'm drunk. <laughs> a lot of people have a lot of excuses. Can't do this, can't do that. Uh, other people just, just, just do it. We don't have to. We get to. They gave, they gave willingly. Last thing in this celebration is they gave eagerly. Now, if you read the full account, you'll see it was the people, not the pastor, that was begging to support the, uh, the saints. They were eager to give because the Lord, to them, it was a privilege. See, if we started looking at this as a privilege, I remember one time I was pastoring years ago, and I'd, one Sunday, I'd, I, one, I think it was a Wednesday night maybe, I forgot to take the offering. And I was closing the service, and all of a sudden, this guy in the back's like, Pastor, Pastor, you forgot the offering. And he's all, he, didn't want, he was eager, man. He didn't want to miss that opportunity. Like, ha, uh, like five other people were like, shut up, man. You know, uh, <laughs> but I like that, you know, eager. Don't want to miss the opportunity. We, it's not Pastor going, please help us, please. No, we're so excited about the vision of the house. We can't wait to give. <laughs> maybe, per, maybe perhaps they remembered what the Lord said. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Now, I like receiving, too. That's good, but it, they kind of go together. It's kind of like breathing in and breathing out. It's like giving and receiving. You can't have one without the other. You know, they kind of, that's just kind of how they, how they work. And so when you understand that, you look, you, this celebration becomes something I can't wait to do. And you start getting excited about it. I mean, well, I can't wait to take, how many like to be, hey, Pastor, put me down for 100000 in that offering tonight. Yeah, put me down in the vision. Go, it's not a pledge. I'm just like asking, like, who would like to be able to do that? Who'd like to? Be, maybe you're like, is this the? Is this what is it? I thought that was later. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, like to. Of course, we'd like to be able to do it because our heart, our heart is to give. You probably heard about the church got a phone call and the receptionist answered the phone. Guy said, I'd like to speak to the head hog at the trough. The assistant said, Excuse me, are you talking about our pastor? He said, Yep, that's who I'm talking about. The head hog at the trough. She said, that's rude. It's our pastor. We love him. We respect him. We, we honor him. We don't talk about him like, can I help you with something? He said, yeah, I heard about the Vision Builder offering. I just wanted to give 100000 wow. And the receptionist said, hold on. Let me see if Porky's in. <laughs> yeah. The more blessed we are, the greater blessing, greater blessing we can be. It's so... I never, I never forget when I, I set a goal to give $100,000. And I remember I have a little dream wall at my house and, uh, and where I just have pictures on that wall of things I want in my future. And I, in my future, I wanted to give $100,000. So I wrote a, church, uh, a check to my church for $100,000, and I put it up on the, the wall. One day, I'm going to give $100,000. And, and so I could, I could see it because something has to be seeable before it's believable, believable before it's achievable. So I got a picture of it. I wrote void. I wrote void over it. Um, <laughs> like just in case my pastor came over before I was ready, you know. I mean, he might get excited and take that thing. You know what I'm saying? So I, it's just, it was a, one day, one day I'm going to get that. <laughs> 
You probably, you probably heard about those two guys that got stranded on the deserted island. And, uh, and one was like, we got to get help. We got to get help, man. We got to make a fire, SOS, get some palm branches. You got to help me. The other guy said, we'll be fine. He sat down under a palm tree. He said, what are you doing just sitting there? We got to get help, man. They may never find us. Come on, we got to make SOS. We got to make a fire. We're stranded. He goes, we'll be fine. He goes, why are you not worried? He said, because I'm a tither. He said, trust me, my pastor will find us. <laughs> yeah. And so... So one day, I'm, I'm eager. I can't wait. Can't wait to give this $100,000. So, so here's the thing. It becomes a celebration. You start getting excited. And what happened is here they, they gave joyfully. They gave willingly. They gave eagerly. Their giving was a celebration. Second one, compelling. The second thing is it was, it was compelling. There was a compelling force in their life. In giving we grow. By giving, we become part of something together that's much bigger than what we could ever do on our own. See, Mother Teresa said, you can do what I can't do, and I can do what you can't do, but together, we can do some pretty big things. We can do some great things. And, and, and it's, remarkable. it's a remarkable irony about giving. You only keep what you give. You only keep what you give. If you, now, think about it for a minute. At the end of your life, what will last? It's the love that you gave. It's the influence that you had. It's the kingdom work that was done by your giving. Those are the things that will remain. What you gave away is what remains. So when you begin to think about that, begin to look at it like that, so, what, so you're, our giving compels us to be bigger than ourselves, to do something bigger. And so we get back to the Macedonians here, and we uh, go back to that scripture we read, and you see their compelling giving caused them to give supernaturally. What does that mean? Well, it says that they gave beyond their ability because their giving was empowered and enlarged by God. In, in fact, you don't have to possess large sums of money to be a big giver. There could be a, a college student in here that, that uh, may, may give something that, that's more than someone that's a millionaire. Percentage-wise, when you start looking at it, it's like that, that little widow. We talked about this the other night, the little widow uh, uh, where Jesus was watching the offering as they brought the offering, and the, these wealthy people were coming and dropping in big checks, and he's like, thank you. That's very generous, kind. Thank you. But they were giving out of their, of, of their excess, out of the extra money that they had, not what they needed. But then this little widow came in, threw a couple coins in that uh, to us didn't look like much, but God, all of a sudden, Jesus stopped everything and said, look at this. This lady gave more than all of you because percentage-wise, she made a sacrifice. And, 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 and that enlarged her giving because it got God's attention. How many want to get God's attention? Yeah. So your giving can get God's attention. When you give sacrificially, it begins to move God. God's spirit is what makes it possible for you to give beyond your ability. I remember our church was raising an offering, uh, and a, a vision offering for a new youth center. It's going to be $3.2 million. And, and we wanted to build it cash. And so pastor was talking about it. And I remember sitting in the service that night, and he's talking about it. And I'm like, okay, I know what I'm going to give. All of a sudden, my wife leaned over and says, I feel like God wants us to give $25,000 in the, in the offering. Yeah, and and uh, I didn't feel that. <laughs> I was going to give ten. I was going to give 10000 and And the reason I was going to give 10000 is because I had 10000 
I had 10,000. That was easy. I'd have had that. It was easy for me to give that because I already had it. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, will you give 25? I said, I don't have 25. He said, I didn't ask you if you had it, 25. I asked you if you'd give 25. I said, well, maybe if I had it, I would give it. I said, yes, if I had it, I'd give it. He said, okay. Because like Pastor was saying in that video a few minutes ago, that, that God supplies seed to the sower. As long as you're sowing, it keeps flowing, and you have more to give. And so here I am. I said, you know what? If I had it, I'd give it. And, and I remember I remember that God said, okay, I want you to give 25000 I had 10000 Like I said, I knew what I was going to do. And so God spoke this kind of like we'll have an opportunity here in, in, a, in a few minutes when we give. We can give our first fruits. That 10000 wasn't enough, but it was a seed. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put the 10,000 in now. Let God begin to multiply that so that I can bring in the 25 that I need to give. And so I sowed the 10 and God began to multiply that. And I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but we were able to fulfill our pledge and give the whole $25,000. That's what I call supernatural giving. Because it was empowered by God. It was beyond our ability. My ability, 10,000, that's my ability. I got it easy. But God stretched me to sacrifice, and it became a supernatural offering that began to move God's, God's hand on my behalf. And I learned that day, every time you raise the standard of your giving, God raises the standard of your living. Every time you raise the standard of your giving, God will raise the standard of your living. Go on to say, it goes on to say also that they gave unexpectedly. I love this. Paul, Paul wrote that they gave not as we had expected. I love that. Now, I think Paul probably his reluctance maybe to encourage him to give. He knew about maybe the situation they were in. And, and, but here's the thing. Grace giving always has an element of the unexpected. Now, our pastors, one thing I tell you what, they expect big. They dream big. They expect big. They, they, their vision is big. So it's going to be hard for us to cause it to be unexpected for him. But wouldn't it be awesome? Pastor gets up next Sunday. He goes, I'll tell you, this is beyond what I expected. You guys have been, the grace of God is on our church. The grace is on our giving. This is beyond anything I expect. I can't even believe y'all gave that much. How many would like to see Pastor go be, unex, be blown away by the unexpected? Unexpected, you who knows? I love things unexpected, man. Just unexpected blessings. Reminds me of this guy, Joe. He got a ticket to the Super Bowl. His company had given him a ticket. He got the ticket and he went to the game. There he was at the game, finally got up, found his seat. His seat was way up at the top. That was his view. I mean, he was closer, really, he was closer to the blimp than he was to the field. And uh, the whole time he was sitting up there, the first, the, first, uh, the first quarter of the game, he noticed down about the 50-yard line, about 10 rows back, there was an empty seat. So he thought, man, look at that seat just sitting there empty. I can't believe someone didn't come to, had a ticket to the Super Bowl and didn't show up. He thought, man, I wonder if I could make my way down there. And no one's sitting there to get that seat. So he started kind of making his way around, slipped past this usher, got, got down there until he got right to the, that seat. And he said, there's a guy sitting. He goes, anybody sitting here? The guy said, nobody's sitting there. So he, he sat down. He goes, I can't believe someone had a ticket to the Super Bowl and didn't show up. He said, well, actually, he said, that's my ticket. He goes, that's my wife's seat. But she passed away. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry. He goes, yeah, we've been married since 1967. We got married. We haven't missed one Super Bowl. We've been to every Super Bowl together since 1967. He goes, but he goes, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear about that, but you didn't have any, like, uh, any of your kids or any good friends or anybody, a family member, someone that would want to come to the game with you? I mean, you got that seat right there. No one wanted to come to the game with you? He said, no. He said, they all wanted to go to the funeral. 
Anyway, I was talking about unexpected. See, you, were, that was, you weren't expecting that, were you? That's, a, that's just what I'm talking about. Things, sometimes things are just unexpected. So the third, the third C, the, the, third, the third C is commitment. The third C is commitment. You notice that on this little card right here. It says a commitment card. This is a commitment card. See, we, we see a mindset that results in action. First your heart, then your hand. The commitment to the vision. The commitment is what caused the Macedonian believers to be compelled to go and do and to give and to do it with such a celebration. It was the commitment that caused them to, to go beyond what they were expected. Our commitment to the house, to this house of transformation, that is what's going to cause us to go over and above beyond anything pastor even thought so we can begin to grow not just the the south and the north the east the 16 campuses that god's put in his heart to touch our city it happens because some people got a commitment to give and because of that commitment you see well you see uh in verse number two there that they gave sacrificially it, it says how, how much more do do we uh have yet they were in poverty yet they sacrifice. How much more do we have? And yet some of us haven't sacrificed. We just kind of put in some of you, what you put this morning. Oh yeah, we'll do, we'll do that. Wasn't a sacrifice. It was easy, but here you see their sacrifice didn't lessen their generosity. Their sacrifice actually magnified it. Your, your sacrifice actually magnifies your generosity. And even in their sparse circumstances, they found a way to give may not have been much, but they gave all that they could. They were in some sparse circumstances. Some of you are going, well, we got the boat payment. We just got that new car. We got it. They're in the middle of some, some deep poverty. Yet with an abundance of joy, they were so committed to the vision. They said, hey, we're going to do our part. And they gave all that they could. When you think about that, we have an opportunity to give here. And, and we're giving to the one who gave us everything gave his life. He's changed our life. I mean, how could you not give the one? You're, you're out there. Man, my life's never been the same since I found Jesus. He's changed my life. It reminds me, this guy goes into a, a, a perfume store. There it is. The counter's just covered with all kind of perfumes. And he walks up to the lady at the counter and he says, you know, he says, uh, my wife's birthday's coming up. And I tell you what, I love her so much. She's the most amazing thing. I mean, my, she's changed my life. I mean, I, I am who I am today because of her. She's believed in me. I tell you, it's her birthday, and I want to give her something nice. What's the most expensive perfume you've got? Lady reached down. She pulled out this beautiful, ornate bottle from France. Had a little thing you squeeze on the end. I mean, this thing was amazing. She goes, he, she said, this is the most amazing thing. This is the best perfume we've got. And he goes, I love it. That she deserves the very best. I mean, she's everything to me. How much is it? They said, it, she said, this little bottle here is, is $597. He said, $597. He said, you got anything cheaper? The lady said, I thought she's changed your life. I thought she was the best thing that ever happened to you. He goes, you got anything cheaper? She said, hold on just a minute. She went in the back and came out with a mirror. You know, I think about that. When we get to give to the one, God, you've given me everything. You changed my life. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Could I give a little bit less? Maybe that, no, that's a little too much, God. Give me a lower amount. Give me a lower, lower I'm just saying. They, they gave sacrificially. They gave sacrificially. And then 
Then the last thing you see is, is they gave personally. They gave personally. It said first they gave themselves to the Lord. They, they knew that God wanted their gifts and their giving to others was preceded by the giving of themselves. See, when you give your heart to God, when you give your life to God, like I said, it's easy to give everything else because when God owns us, he owns, us, he owns it all. So it's easy to, to give because it's his anyway. So I urge you tonight to give not out of a sense of duty, but out of a desire to please the one who gave himself for you. I mean, in a, in, a, in a moment, we'll have the opportunity to honor God, to bring this back. And, and just like eating better now or exercising now, start giving now. Don't say, well, I'll, I'll do it next time. Maybe I'll start, I'll start another time. What would happen in this house this weekend if people gave with complete generosity of spirit? And Pastor, you're, God, I'm, I just you can't believe I just can't believe what God's done. It's amazing. What if what if the, the, there was uh, money and resources? Just we had abundance. So when this building opens up, Pastor, you know we'll take it. This ha this happens for our next world. We'll take that because we've been so abundantly blessed. We've given out of our our our, our what God's given us so that we said just we God we want it now. What would the miracles in this city be so multiplied? Not even be able to count them. Could you? God's people be so abundantly blessed. Any more blessed than you could even imagine. The scripture says in, in Luke 6, 38, Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. For the same measure you use. Would it it'd be amazing what the nation would take notice. If people with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And do we really believe that? We always shout, you can't outgive God. But do you really believe that? Here's the amazing part of giving. With the same measure, it says, that you use. What, what, what's that saying? What that's saying is if you take a teaspoon and you give teaspoon size offerings, he blesses you back with teaspoon size blessings. But if you give big pitcher offerings, he gives you back with pitcher. If you give five-gallon bucket, if you give wheelbarrow, offerings he blesses with the same measure you give that's what he gives back to you now his is multiplied of course when it comes back but the more you get the greater blessing comes back and it's not about just getting blessed it's like a water pipe the purpose of a water pipe is not to get wet the purpose of a water pipe is to move water it distributes water from one part of the building to the other part, from one part of the city to the other part of the city. It distributes water. Now, in the process of distributing water, how many know the pipe gets wet? That's not the purpose of the pipe. It's just part of the process. The purpose of God's blessings are not so you can get blessed, but they're so that you can be a blessing. Lord, make me a distribution center of your blessings. Bless me so that I can bless others. In the process of being a blessing, in the process of blessing others, how many know God blesses you? That's not the purpose of God's blessing. It's just part of the process. You kind of can't help it. It's just the way it works. So in this cycle of giving and blessing, which leads to more generosity and an overflow of abundance, my, isn't God good? That he promises to give you back more than you started with. Now you can be an even greater blessing next time. And in the process, you get to enjoy the blessings as well. So three things I want you to remember. As we get ready to fill out this card and begin to make our commitment, make a sacrifice, to maybe do something that we didn't plan on doing. 
Maybe God begins to speak to our heart. And if, if this same description of the church of Macedonia was going to be the church of C3 in San Diego, are we giving willingly, joyfully? Are we giving sacrificially? Are we giving supernaturally? Is it a celebration? Is it compelling? Is it because of our commitment to the house that we're giving? Three things I want you to remember. Last three, the three gives to remember. First of all, number one, give as it has been given to you. As God's blessed you with the same measure, be a blessing. Be a blessing as God's blessed you. Remember, Paul reminds the Romans in chapter 8, verse 32. He said, did I not, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? We've been blessed beyond measure. So our response should be to give and to be a blessing. Our commitment. Number two, give now. Don't hesitate. Don't say that you think God really wants me to get to vision builders. Of course he does. It's his vision. And he puts you here to make sure the vision comes to pass. You have a part in making sure it happens. So you don't have to, do you think God, you think this, this work, you think, of course he does. I think giving is a lot like voting. Do it early and do it often. Look for opportunities. And then the last thing, give to the degree you want to be blessed. If you want God to bless you a little, then give a little. But if you want him to open up the windows of heaven over your life, give with that same kind of abandon. Today I challenge you, make a willing, generous giving, make willing, generous giving a habit in your life. Be like the Macedonian believers and give with those three C's. Give with a celebration as our own commitment causes us to be compelled to live out our faith. And when we do that, then we see the vision of the house accomplished. And that little apartment I lived in 19 years ago, little government-assisted apartment, didn't have a bed, had a little air mattress. I remember God spoke to us. We were just our early 20s. And God spoke to us about our first big vision builder offering. And I'm thinking, man, we need a bed. We need all this. And God's speaking to us about giving. And I remember I remember that, that night. But God sp spoke to me, Ephesians chapter uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6 what you make happen for others God will make happen for you and he said what you make happen for my house I'll make happen for your house how many have got some things you're believing for in your house right now let me see your hand how many got some things you're believing for in your house it may be a house you're believing for it may be some furniture in your house. It may be a marriage that you're believing for. It may be a child that you've been praying for. Something in your house you've been believing for. I believe when we make something happen for God's house, when you look at the hundreds of people and thousands of people that have come through and been saved, what you make happen, I've got a family where I'm, I'm praying for. I believe as I make things available here at God's house for people to get saved, God's sending people to my relatives. God's sending people to my family members that I'm praying for. What you make happen for God's house. And I'm thinking, God, what do you mean for, for you'll make happen for my house? I don't even have a house. I live in an apartment. But that night, we began the journey of generosity and vision building, building the vision of the house. I remember 500. I remember 1,000. I remember 20, 2,500. Remember one day I told you I wanted to give 100,000? Faith is like a muscle. If you want a muscle to grow, what do you got to do? Exercise it. I can't just go, one day I hope to give 100,000. It's like going to the gym going, one day I hope to bench press 500. 
I got to start with where I'm at. It may be 100 pounds, but I'm going to put 100 pounds on there. I'm going to get started. As soon as I got 100 pounds down, I'm going to add a little weight on the end. Now I got up to 150. Man, now I'm bench pressing 150. One day I'm going to do 500. I'm just working my way up 200. Oh, man, I'm bench pressing 200. I just keep working my way up 250. I bench press right now about 3.30 or 4 o'clock, right around that time. But uh, I'm just, I'm working my way up. So one day I'm going to give 100,000, right? I'm just working my way up to 20, 25,000. 50,000. It was several years. It was several years before I was able to take that check down and take it to my pastor and go, here's my first $100,000. And I'm not telling that to impress you. I'm telling that to impress upon you. In that little government-assisted apartment where we started, we moved out of that to a regular apartment. From that to a little townhome. From that to our first house. From that to our, our second house, to, to the house we live in today, beautiful house in Orlando, Florida, totally paid for, debt-free, 100%, don't owe anybody anything. But I believe 19 years ago, I made a decision, a commitment to build God's house, and God has built my house. And so that's what we have an opportunity to do today, to build God's house. Father, I thank you today. You know, everyone, get that commitment card in your hand for a minute. Just hold it in your hand just for a minute. We're going to fill it out in just a moment. But I want to pray because there's two simple things you need to do tonight. Just two simple things. Number one, obey God's voice. It's as simple as that. When God speaks to you about a seed, he's got a harvest on his mind. God's already thinking about what he wants to do in your life. He's just waiting for your act of obedience. And in just a moment, as God speaks to your heart, you'll write that right there in the 2017 commitment, that first, look at the celebration. They're bringing balloons and everything. This is a, that makes giving a celebration right there. You're going to write that amount. God speaks to you right there on that top line. Then that second line there, it says you can give your first fruits today. What, what that is, that's kind of like what I was telling you about when God spoke to us to get the 25000 for the youth center. We didn't have the whole 25000 but we had ten, and we went ahead and put that in right away. So that God, we could get some seed in the ground and God could begin to multiply it. God may be speaking to you. Maybe you're a young couple like me and you were in that little, uh, little apartment and all of a sudden God speaks to you to give $500. Maybe, maybe you're $5,000. Maybe you're $500,000. Wherever you're at, whatever God speaks to you, you'll put that there. And then whatever you can do today, you'll say, God, I, I pray this is my first fruits. Begin to multiply this. And begin to provide the seed that I need to sow. And I thank you as you begin to provide the harvest. Now I've got a flow going so that I can begin to bring it back. And all of a sudden, pretty soon you go, wow, that, that's, that's all taken care of. Because God supplies seed to the sower. Father, as we hold this commitment card in our hand, we thank you that you just speak to our hearts tonight. As simple as that. There's no pressure. It's as simple as hearing your voice. You said that we're your sheep. And... The sheep know the shepherd's voice, so it's not hard for us to hear, to know. You'll drop it in our spirit. You'll confirm it with our spouse. We'll know exactly what you want us to do. Some tonight, for the very first time, are bringing that commitment. It may be a, a, a teenager that they're like, I'm going to give $250 this year through my baby city or whatever it is they, they do. It may be. It may be a business person here that believing for their business to go to the next level. Lord, you're speaking to them to maybe stretch. Maybe they already made a commitment. Now you're saying, Lord, stretch a little bit further. There's a sacrifice that needs to be made. Lord, as we fill that out and obey your voice, we set ourselves in agreement. You said if two or three agree touching anything, it'd be done. 
So we set ourselves in agreement and we thank you that it's done. In, in, in just a moment, you're going to fill out that card. As God begins, you know what? As God begins to speak to your heart right now, go ahead and begin to fill that card out. And in just a moment, we're going to begin to sing. We're going to sing something happy because it's a celebration. So we're going to get, you're going to do something that's going to make us jump or something, run up here. But when you bring it, here's what we did. We set ourselves in agreement. And when we do that, the Bible says it is done. So as you fill that out and you bring it up here, as you put it in, I just want you to say that with you and your spouse and yourself as you drop it in, just say, it is done. Whatever it is you're believing for, we're setting ourselves in agreement as we make this commitment. It is done. Just say that with me one time. Say, it is done. As you begin to bring those in just a minute as we begin to worship, I want you to put it in there and say, it is done. Whatever you're believing for. And how many are just getting agreement that this weekend, through all of our together, our combined generosity, will just overflow into an unexpected harvest? The pastor, I can't believe it. You guys gave beyond your, it's amazing. What, how many are just getting agreement? It'll be that kind of weekend. And we can begin to continue to move forward with the vision of the house. Amen. 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 One more time. Say the rest of my life will be the best of my life. As you begin to fill that out, just stand on your feet as you get it filled out. As we begin to worship, begin to make your way right down here. Drop that in that bucket and say, it is done in Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us online. We hope you had a powerful experience. We want to take this time to personally help you navigate the next steps in becoming connected. If you made a decision for Christ today, need prayer, or want more information about our church, go to our website, c3sandiego.com. And if you didn't get a chance to give online during service and would like to contribute financially, you can go to c3give.com and click on the giving option that works best for you. We look forward to hearing from you. See you at church.